Hello and welcome to Daf Hashavua Daf Chafdalid. The Gemara on Chafdalid on Aleph mentions that one who has dry hands and one hand touches the other, and one of the hand, and one hand is tame and one is tar, then that would create a problem when it comes to Kodesh, when it comes to Hekdesh, and it would be metame the other hand that was tar. But when it comes to Truma. If a dry tame hand touches a dry tar hand, that would not create a problem. But, however, as Rashi references, if the one's hand was wet, and even when it comes to things that are not hectish, even when it comes to things like truma or even chuan, like regular food, then water would transmit the tuma from one hand to the other. The Gemara, a few lines later, going on to Chavdal and Bez, even points out, this doesn't just apply when one is tra- um, touching his own other hand, but if someone touches a different person's hand, then he would render that hand to be tame if his hands are wet, or if it's hectic and the hands are dry. So the Hagos Memonios commentary on the Rambam in Parakavav of, of the Hechos Brachos of the Rambam brings this down, and he says that if you were to touch someone else's hands, while your hands are wet, again, this is referring to Nityasidayim. Nowadays, again, these dapim are all about Tuma Fatara, but this, this, these, as I mentioned in past year, these are going to have implications when it comes to Nityasidayim. So if one touches someone else's hands while his hands are wet, then he would have to wash Nityasidayim again. Shokhan Arach in Kuf Samach Beis Dalad brings this to Hagos and Moneos down the Halacha, that one should be careful when washing Nityasidayim. If his hands, again, you're supposed to dry your hands, again, after you make the bachal al-Nteyasidayim, but if one's hands um, remain wet after Nteyasidayim, you should be very, very careful uh, not to touch someone else's hands while your hands are wet. The Mishabura points out that if your hands would be dry, then obviously this wouldn't be a problem, based um, on our Gemara in Chagiga al-Chavdad. I wanted to point out three, I felt three interesting points that comes, come out from the Shulchanarach and Mishaburah. The first is a Kafachayim. Very interesting. He says that this, this doesn't just apply to, um, again, when I remember this halacha, it was, you know, after you wash Tehassinayim, you want to give your friend a high five um, or shake someone's hand. You shouldn't do that because your hands might be a little wet. Again, how do we define wet? It's wet enough that if you were to touch someone else's hands, you would make the other person's hands actually wet. Um, so the Kappa Chaim says this doesn't just apply to the high five case. This applies, or the handshake case. This applies to even if you were to touch a baby, a one-day-old one baby, um, then the one-day-old baby's hands would be metami your hand if your hands are wet. So this doesn't just apply to someone who is more capable um, of giving you a high five or a handshake, um, it was total pie. The baby, the Kavachim was out. The second interesting point, which I felt was uh, nice to share, was from the Rubavos Ephraim, from Ephraim Greenblatt, in his Chuvas. He has many, many Chuvas. Um, so one of his Chuvas points out that there's an interesting question about whether, there, whether this applies to um, someone who, t- um, who washes in Tiras Daim and touches the hand of a non-Jew. Would that also render his hand to be have to be washed again um, in this case? And he leaves it as a sarachim because he's not really sure. He says on the one hand it could be their hands are considered tame, but on the other hand, on the other hand, um, since the non-Jew doesn't have the laws of tuma vitara, 
maybe that would not make the person have to wash again because he the laws don't even apply to the non Jews, so maybe that would not affect the hands of the yid who is washing his hands very hands dime and his hands still remain wet. And the third interesting point was that some of the Achorna bring up, yes, that we say that when you wash the hands dime, you should be careful not to touch someone else's hands. But let's say you're in the middle of your meal and you're uh, drinking a nice cup of seltzer and your hands get all wet from the cold cup of seltzer that you're drinking or your hands are wet for a different reason. And are you also supposed to be careful to not touch someone else's hand the whole entire meal or is this only something that you should be careful of when you wash your actual hands? So some people are machmir that I want to point out, but this is a chumrah they claim that doesn't really have much of a basis. And this requirement of being careful with your hands while they're wet is really something that only applies when you're washing the diet. So then the question comes up that they bring up, then if that's true, then okay, you wash your hands, you made a bracha on Tassadayim, you you, and, and you dry your hands. So then why is it a problem after, once you're walking to your seat, to give someone a high five? It's post-Tassadayim. If it's not a problem during the meal, so why, why is it a problem after you already made a bracha? So they point out that once you're, while your hands are still wet, that is still considered a continuation of your tails dime. So that would create a problem, and as long as your hands are wet, you should be careful in terms of touching other people's hands. So that was the first uh, topic on the Chavdalad, comes from Chavdalad off about the importance of, wash, of um, watching your hands when you are washing them um, and making sure they're dry before you touch anyone else's hand. Um, the second topic I wanted to discuss comes from the Gemara on Chavdal on the base. The Gemara on Chavdal on the base in the middle of the daf um, points out that hands, yadayim, are shniyotim. Automatically, we say that your hands are shniyototoma, and if you were to touch truma with your hands, again, there's a whole masach yadayim about this, and that would make the truma to become tame. Tosus here points out that not only do we say that hands are shniyos, but we also say that if truma were to touch a Sefer Torah, then that is going to be Matami the Truma. So why is this? So, because I'll explain that the, really the background was as follows. Why do they make Xera that a Sefer Torah is also Matami things? So they explain that people used to, the Kohanim, they were eating, they, you know, they were eating Truma, they used to keep their Truma in the Aron Kodesh. Why did they do this? Because since they want, since you had Dayim, or Shneos, as Gemara points out, Fatal and Bezer over here, they wanted to be careful and make sure that their truma was not touched. And that's why they would hide the truma in the Aron, in the Aron Kodesh, um, just to make sure that, that no one was ever touching the truma. When they wanted to get truma, they would, I guess, make sure their hands were pure and they would, and they would eat the truma, but they would keep it in the Aron Kodesh just to be, uh, just to be careful. However, what happens when you keep uh, food in the Aron Kodesh? Fortunately, the bugs and the animals come. So they made Xera that to prevent people from hiding in Aron Kodesh, to, you know, they didn't want bugs and animals coming to the Aron Kodesh, to the Sefer Torah. Even a Sefer Torah, even a cloth, is Matami Truma, just to avoid people doing, um, uh, avoid people doing this by putting Truma in the Aron. So this, um, this is the reason, I don't know if anyone's uh, ever gotten Hagberg Lila before, oftentimes, you know, when you're doing a Hagberg Lila, whichever side you're doing it, the, 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 the cloth really falls under the, under, um, under the, um, the, I think it's called the mantle or, or whatever you're using to, uh, to roll the Sefer Torah. And, um, and 
and we and you need to pull up the cloth in order to be able to roll it properly and for it to remain straight. So what do people do then? They they don't touch the cloth directly. They they you know they put their hand below the talus to pick up the cloth. So this could be a reason, even though nowadays there are no, there are no laws of uh, tuma vitara, um, but this could be really where where that came back, where where this originated from is that back in the day people didn't touch the Torah because it was considered tume. So 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 now we we have a practice to not touch the cloth of the Torah, but only with um only with um the talus. So the, the Shulchan Aruch even brings down Kufmem Zayin Rachaim. He quotes as follows: Aser lachos sefer Torah arum. It's Aser to hold a sefer Torah, which is arum, literally means naked, but that means a cloth. A bare cloth with your bare hands. The Mishra points out that what is the punishment of someone who uh, touches the cloth of the Sefer Torah? He says that that you lose whatever mitzvah you're doing. So the Lavush points out, but let's say you weren't doing a mitzvah. He says that if if you weren't doing a mitzvah at the time, let's say you're doing glila, you would lose the mitzvah of glila. Let's say, but let's say you weren't doing a, a mitzvah, you just went over that cloth and touched it. He says it must be that, that there is a punishment because. Not only is the reason why you can't touch a cloth, because the reason you mentioned it before, because possibly back in the day it was in Matame, but it's considered a zilzal and kalasrosh towards the Sefer Torah, to touch the cloth of the Sefer Torah without having um, something in your hand. And I think back when we before that, Neil Bushman himself pointed this out, that might be even appropriate to even go ahead and lane from a Sefer Torah with the gloves on the whole time and be touching it. Because it's not necessarily about always touching it with your bare hands, but it's about the zilzal of the Sefer Torah, just of, of touching the cloth. Uh, too much, it's not considered a um, respect to the Sefer Torah. So that is the second topic of whether one is allowed to touch a cloth um, with his bare hands and how that comes from our Gemara. The third topic I wanted to discuss was something that comes up a few lines later on which is someone, the Gemara mentions the concept of um, again, it's talking about um, hand, uh, about why you have to be entire hands for, um, for, for hectish. And the Gemara mentions the concept of someone putting food into your mouth for you, or if you put food into your mouth through another um, through another cleat. So the Gemara says that if someone is feeding food into your mouth, then when it comes to Kodesh, when it comes to Hektish, you are chayav to wash your hands. But when it comes to Shuma, you are not chayav to wash your hands. So what does this Gemara imply? This Gemara implies that the only time you have to wash your hands when someone else is feeding you is when it comes to hectish. However, when it comes to truma, and seemingly we would think when it comes to something on the lower level, which is not even truma, something which is chulin, which is a considered regular food, um, you would not need to wash your hands. However, Tzuri Oven points to Gemara and chulin on Kav Zion and Beis. The Gemara and chulin discusses that if someone is eating, if someone is being fed chulin, again, there's three levels here. There's hectish, which is the highest, there's truma, which is the middle, and there's chulin, which is not even considered um, holy. Um, so if someone is feeding you bread, which is chulent, says the Gemara, uh, says the Gemara, or let's say you're using a napkin to cover your hands, you would still be chayav in test dime, regardless of, of the fact that you're not directly touching the food. So the Torah Evan asks, so why when it comes to truma, which is something which is more holy, do you not have to wash your hands? But when it comes to chulent, according to this Gemara and chulent, you they, then you would have to wash your hands. Wouldn't it make sense that for something more more holy like truma, you need to wash your hands if by truma you, you, you are a chayev. So he explains as follows. That when it comes to truma, the reason why the, you don't have to wash your hands if you're being fed the truma is because the only people that are eating truma are kohanim. And kohanim will be extra careful to make sure that, that they will never even come to touch the food even though it's being fed to them or they're eating with a napkin. 
But when it comes to chulin, or even hektish, where we say you are chayav in Tehaz night, which again are the lowest level and the highest level, those are will both be mean by non-kohanim. And non-kohanim, he explains, again, the, kachim, the, the only thing that a um, Yisrael could eat is kachim kalim. If, if it's a higher level of kachim, it cannot be eaten, but we're talking about kachim kalim. Those things can be eaten by non-kohanim, and non-kohanim will not be as careful, not be as zaris, when it comes to when it comes to eating these foods. So since that's true, they're not going to be as careful. So even though they're being fed, or even though they might be having a napkin to to separate them, their own hands in the food, so we say it's better to do nitiyas daim because we are we are choshesh zera that maybe you may come to touch the, the food even though you're being fed or you're touching it with a napkin. So the Shulchan Aruch brings down on kuf samach gimel aleph that if one can't find water, then one would be able to wipe his hands on something. Again, it's very important to point out that when we apply this halacha, let's say you're at a place where there's no water, it's happened to me before, um, you should not just wash your the front of your hand or the edge of your fingers on the rock or whatever you're using to wash your hands on it, or again, if you're preparing yourself for davening and you have no water to, uh, to clean your hands, you could just wash your hands on some sort of rock or some sort of hard surface. Uh, my Rebbeim once taught me is that you shouldn't just do the front of your hand, but rather you should do your whole entire hand, both the front of your hand, your, your palm, and also the back of your hand to make sure your hand is completely cleansed, however it could be cleansed, by this um, um, rock or other um, hard object. So the Mishabura points out that this halacha of not being able to find water is only if you actually have no choice and there is no water. But basically, again, this is based on our Gemara over here on Chavdal as well. But if one does have water, you can't just rely on covering your hands. Or if you're being fed, you can't just fed food by someone else. You cannot rely on the fact that um, that you're not going to touch the food. You still have to wash your hands because of the of the chashash. Again, we're not kohanim, and uh, you know, in the level of the base uh, of the times of the, uh, of, of truma. But rather, we we have to we have to be choshesh that we may come to actually touch the, touch the truma. To, to, to touch the food, and we should still wash Tehaz Daim, even though you, uh, you're covering your hands with a napkin or something, or you're being fed. Again, this is only if you actually have water. If you have no water, then you have no choice. And you could, uh, and you could um, use the other options presented by the Shafarach, like rubbing your hands and something hard, again, on both sides of your hands. So just to summarize the three topics we, we did today, um, we spoke about Number one, the importance of making sure your hands are dry um, after your chance diamond. Don't touch someone else's hands. Don't give them the high five. The Kappa Chaim said this even applies to when you touch a baby's hands. Possibly maybe when you touch, when you touch the hands of a non-Jew. Depends because maybe the laws of Tum don't apply to him. So that can't over to his dime. And we said you don't, you don't really have to be careful during the actual meal, but only in the time that you're washing the dime, which again, even carries over to when your hands are still wet, even after the bracha. Because that is considered a continuation of a tias daim. Topic number two we pointed out was the importance of being careful not to touch the cloth. One reason was based on our Gemara over here because of Yedayim Shneos, and then people hid their Chuma and Aaron Kodesh, which then made the people, made Chazal make the Sifrei Torah. Uh, so maybe that's why we don't touch the cloth. And option number two, the little bush said, is because it's a zilzal in the calistrosh towards the Sefer Torah, and that's why you should make sure to use something else to to touch the Sefer Torah, because we don't want to have the punishment that Mishabura told us of losing the mitzvah that we were doing or even getting punished according to the Lavush. Topic number three was someone putting food in, into your mouth for you, or if you're eating bread, um, um, with a napkin, would you need to ask dime? So we said that you wouldn't need to ask dime because we're not as careful as the Kohanim or Ritruma. And then Mr. Brewer pointed out that you can only, that if you, um, it, it, that this is true, that you shouldn't rely on a napkin 
are something feeding you if you have no water. Sorry, if you have water. But if you have no water, then you can rely on other, other modes of, of cleaning your hands. Everyone should have a great day.